How I love your word, how it lights my path, how it guides my way. Thank you for Alex. We thank you for the things that you've laid on his heart. And I pray, Father, that as he um, shares with us, Lord, as he opens up your word to us, Lord, that you will speak to us by your spirit. Father God, whisper your thoughts to our heart, Lord, regarding our own lives and our own circumstances. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Walter. Afternoon, everybody. Who knew that Maltesers was named after this island of Malta, eh? What a great discovery. Um, So, kids, when I was doing my research for this um, chapter, um, I was thinking, I've, I've never been to Malta. Who's, who's been to Malta here? Put, put your hands up. Quite, quite a few of you. My wife has, has been actually, but, but I haven't. So, hey kids, if you haven't been to Malta, I want to set you a challenge. And if you do really well at this challenge, maybe your reward can be that your parents take you to Malta. You can say, Alex made you promise that if we do really well, we get to go to Malta. Is that a deal? All right. So, Walter has given you these maps on your table, right? And some of you may have started to color it in already. You can carry on doing that while I talk. I've also got this book, guys. It's, it's a fat book. Don't worry, I'm not going to be preaching through every page of this book today. You'll be glad to know. But it's a book that has... Um, every single country in the world and the things that we can be praying for those countries in it. So I looked up Malta and just tried to get an idea of where where it's at as a country and what things we can be praying for Malta. And at the end of my preach, we'll actually pray a couple of those things for Malta. But here's the challenge I want to set you. Can you, during this service, find as many details about Malta as you can? And I've already put, put a mark in the book. You can turn right to Malta, see if you can find out some facts. If your parents will let you use their phone, see if you can Google some things. Not just today, but after today, you can take your map home. Um, the reason why we, we can find out about, the reason why I'm urging you to find out about them, because I felt like as I did that, I started to gain more of a soft heart for Malta. And I felt like praying for Malta even more, the more I knew about them. So if you can do that, if you can find out about Malta and you can present all your research to your parents, like I said, maybe the reward might be that you get to go on holiday somewhere to Malta. So I'll leave, I'll leave the book here, just there. If anyone wants to come and look at what it says about Malta while I preach, kids, feel free to, to go for it. So Um, If you've been here with us for a few weeks, you'll know that we've been kind of on this crazy journey that Paul took. Um, I actually remember that it was while we were at 3T a month ago that Paul appealed to Caesar. I remember Walter actually preaching about that. And, and, you know, Paul's been going through like one one court case after the other way he's having to defend himself and eventually he says you know what I appeal to Caesar so that's what that's how he ends up on this crazy journey towards Rome and I remember a couple of weeks back David um, kind of starting off us on chapter 27 and saying it was like like the most 
the best thing ever written on about a sale or something like that, right? Because it just has so many details in it. And I wasn't here last week, but I heard that Debbie kind of finished off that chapter for us. And so we are starting and picking up at chapter 28, the first 10 verses today. And it was, it's few enough that I thought, I'm just going to walk through it verse by verse and just pick out some of the things that I saw in it. And we'll just um, pray together. Um, like I said, for Malta and a few things that I that really struck out to me as I walked through it. So I'm reading from New Living Translation because I thought it was a very nice, understandable um, chapter to be reading from. Um, so here we go. Once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. Okay, we've already established that. And apparently today, this place where they kind of come out at, it's now called, it's now named after St. Paul. So there's actually a place in Malta you can go today called St. Paul's Bay. It's one of the main towns there. Okay, so a few of you were nodding, sounds like you know it for those who have visited before. Hopefully I'll get to go, go along one day. So they end up kind of um, having to stop off on this island of Malta. And if you remember, one of the, I think it's in, yeah, chapter 27, um, when Paul has this vision from, from God, he tells them, look, God has said that we're going to arrive safely, that there's not going to be any loss of life, but we will have to stop on an island. And so it so happened that this island of Malta is the one that they've, they've stopped at. As you know, from the last couple of weeks, it's been a very rocky journey. They feared they were going to die. Many times along the way, God reassures Paul and he in turn reassures his fellow passengers that we are going to make it. You'll know if you followed Paul's journey from a while back and his letters that he's always had this desire to go to Rome. Um, and God promises him you are going to get there. But the journey is just not very smooth. And so I'll, I'll just be honest. One of the first things that I took from this chapter is, okay, Sometimes when God promises us something, the journey there might not always look smooth. I think it's so easy for us when God says something to us so clearly, a promise, we just think, yes, we just, we expect that because God has said it, the journey there should be smooth. And I guess from looking at this chapter, I just really realized that, wow, God made this promise to Paul, you are going to get to Rome, but he nearly died getting there. And so that's the first thing, and, and we'll come back and pray into that. If there's, maybe there's promises that God has made, and you're at the point of, of just disillusionment. Um, I just want to remind you from this chapter that God promises, and he's able to deliver on his promise. And some of the songs that we've sang today has, has pointed to this already. Verse 2, the people of the island were very kind. Unusual kindness, one of the translations said. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. I'll come back to the, to the Maltesers' hospitality a bit later on. Verse 3, as Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake, driven out by the heat, bit him on the hand. So some of you who were planning and hoping to go to Malta have probably changed your mind at this point. You're like, if there's venomous snakes, maybe not. Um, but actually, I found out that apparently um, today there are no more poisonous snakes on that island. So 
you can start to book your holidays again um, to Malta. Um, I was thinking, what, what happened? Like, did, did after this event where it, like, bit Paul, did, did, like, God just say, okay, snakes, no more biting and, and trying to kill people on this island. And it seized from there. It made me think of the flood. Do you know when, like, after the flood, after they came out, God put out a rainbow and he said, you know what? From today, I'm making a promise that the, a flood is no longer going to destroy the world. Is that what happened with the venomous snakes on Malta? God said, you know what? From today, no more. He knows. Verse 4. The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, a murderer, no doubt. Though he escapes the sea, justice will not permit him to live. Apparently, in, the, in Greek mythology, um, when they say justice, they're actually referring to a god a god called DK or Dyke. I don't know how you would pronounce it. So when they say justice, they're meaning the goddess, justice, is the one who is bringing judgment on him and, and going to kill him because he's a murderer. And it just made me laugh how quickly they then changed, like a couple of verses later. Um, verse 5 says, Paul, Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. The people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't armed, they changed their minds and decided he was a god. So they, they went from saying, oh, the goddess is bringing judgment on him to, to now saying, you must be a god. You're still alive. Um, it made me thankful for God's protection. Um, you'll remember... Um, Jesus talking to his disciples, I think a couple of different times, tells them that um, even if you drink poison, even if snakes um, bite you, you'll trample on snakes and scorpions and they shall not harm you. We kind of see that promise in, on this one occasion actually being fulfilled for, for Paul, God's protection. Um, and it made me think of how um, just in my life, God's protection has always been one of the promises that has really been like a solid foundation in my life. Um, growing up in Nigeria, um, in Nigeria, as in many, many African countries, you're very, very aware of spiritual darkness and, and the forces of evil. So it's just something that you're very aware of, much more than, than in the West, I think. So I remember growing up, my mom telling me that when we were young, and I always used to pray, that a verse that I always used to quote, I don't remember this, but my mom tells me that I always used to quote that verse from Isaiah that talks about no weapons formed against us shall prosper. And I, I laughed at that when my mom said that I was quoting that from five, six, seven years old. But I think I tell you that to just let you know of how aware of like forces of darkness that you are growing up in Nigeria. Um, more recently, a verse that has become precious to me is, is the one from Numbers that talks about how there's no sorcery against Jacob, no divination against Israel. Um, because I'm from Nigeria, even though I live in the West, I still have a very real awareness that just as there is a kingdom of God and a kingdom of light, there is a kingdom of darkness. Um, and so these promises from the Bible of God's protection over us has, has been so precious for me from young. I remember during lockdown, Psalm 91 was, I think, I read somewhere that was the most read psalm 
um, in the Bible or something, the one that talks about how God is, is, is a refuge um, over us. And so I want to remind us, as we continue to go into whatever the future holds, um, God's promise is one of those promises that we are his children can really stand on. We don't know what tomorrow holds, let alone a year from now, let alone 10 years from now. But we don't need to fear. We don't need to fear because our God owns the whole universe. So that means there's no place which is out of bounds for us. There's no, um, there's no future, nothing that we need to, either by night or by day when we're sleeping, when we're awake, we can always rely on God's promises. And, and kids, if you, if you can hear me, I would love for you guys, like I said, to take hold of this promise of God from his word. Because like I said, I took hold of it from when I was as young as you guys. And it has stayed with me till now, like I'm... I'm a grown man now, but God's word has still been true um, ever since I was young. I've gone to so many places that um, naturally I would have been scared to go there. But because I remember from God's word that he protects us, I haven't had, um, I haven't feared going to these places. And like I said, God's word has been true in my life. So I hope and pray that you guys will take hold of that. The other thing I, I thought, you know what, I want to pray I want to get us to pray for is just how they make this sudden change from saying, ah, Paul is under judgment of, of decay to, man, you are God. I wrote down in my notes, may God's work be so evident in our lives that it would cause people to change their minds. Not so much about who we are, but about who God is and about God's reality. I really want to pray that our, our community where we live in, the people we work around, the people we interact with, whatever they may think about Christians, we know that people have all kinds of views about Christians. Whatever they may think about God, whether they think he's real or not, one of my prayers for us for today is that people would see the evidence of our lives and be like, man, God has to be real. I know you are a Christian and there's something that is different about you. And the only way I can, the only thing that I can account for it is, is God. So I want to come back to us praying along those lines just in a minute. Let's go to verse 7. Near the shore where we landed was an estate belonging to Publius, the chief official of the island. Apparently this word chief official literally is the first man of the island. So I guess the most senior, senior man or, or something. He welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. So I'm hoping that when I go to Malta that I'm going to meet one of Publius's descendants and I can enjoy such hospitality as, as Paul, Paul did. Um, yeah, like I said, the hospitality thing was one of the things I wanted to pick up on because just in that second verse, wasn't it? It said about how the people showed them unusual kindness. The reason why the hospitality really stuck out to me was because it was at an inconvenient time for Publius. We read in verse 8, as it happened, Publius's father was ill with fever and dysentery. Paul went in and prayed for him and I'll come back to that in a minute, but it's when, so, when your dad is ill and there's just 
stuff going on, that's not the easiest time to then welcome people in and treat them with such kindness for three days. Not just like a come in for tea for, for 10 minutes and go. Just he welcomed them, had them stay with him. And I just was reminded of, you know, we go on to see how the blessing then comes on his father. Paul lays his hand on the father and he gets healed. It reminds me of the blessings that come with hospitality. It reminded me of when Abraham welcomed those three men into his house back in Genesis. And we, we know what ends up happening. He ends up receiving the promise that his wife Sarah is going to give birth. And there's other examples that we can look at from the Bible where we just see hospitality being this thing where we step out to kind of be a blessing to others. And God ends up blessing us in so many more ways than we could, we could ever imagine. And we see that's what happens for Publius' father and by extension, the whole island. Because we read in verse 9, then all the other sick people on the island came and were healed. So that blessing just flowed out of that household and touched so many people on the island. And this part is what got me thinking, I wonder what it's like in Malta today then. Like if, if this great healing happened and so many people on the island got healed, like what is the legacy of that? And apparently the legacy of that is that this nation is like the first Christian nation in Europe. As we'll come to read, 97% of Malta are Christians, Catholics, but yeah, followers of God. And like I said, what an amazing legacy of, of, of Paul's life. But starting with him being welcomed home by, public, by Publius, it's no surprise that, that 97% um, are, are Christians today because of that mighty thing that they experienced. And then verse 10 finishes that as a result, we were sh showered with honors. And when the time came to sell, people supplied us with everything we would need for the trip. Um, jump in just one verse. It tells us that actually this, when they set sail was three months later. So they actually benefited from the hospitality of that island for a good three months. And again, we know that wherever Paul was, he gets busy with spreading the gospel. And so it, it was no doubt that in those three months that he was there, not only the healing was experienced, but the gospel would have really gone out to, to, to probably everyone on that island. Um, and it made me think, you know, even what the enemy meant for evil in terms of derailing their journey to Rome, almost killing them, them, them having to be kind of, Stay, stay in Malta. Even what the enemy meant there for evil, God turned it for good. Um, for the islanders, but also for the onward journey of Paul as well, because they ended up being supplied with everything they needed for their journey. So just, yeah, some amazing things coming out of those 10 verses. And I want to kind of stop there and just really encourage us to pray um, a couple of things. Like I said, firstly for Malta, before we think about some things to pray for ourselves. Guys, I'm just going to borrow these for a couple of minutes, okay? I'm going to pick out the first two things that it says in the, the prayer part of Malta. And I'm just going to encourage you to just turn in your tables and just really lift 
uh, Malta up. So it says here, Malta was the first nation in Europe to embrace Christianity. After the Apostle Paul's shipwreck on the island, um, from the Phoenicians in 1000 BC onward, many powers seized the islands, including Romans, Arabs, Normans, Ottomans, French, and British. But the Maltese have retained their identity throughout. This identity has long been staunchly Christian. Pray that Malta's enduring Christian identity might be truly appreciated and lived out by its people. Step number one. Number two, the most religious nation in Europe, Malta, has, a deeply, has deeply Catholic sensibilities. The majority regularly attend Mass, and over 80% feel that their religion is important to them. However, not many Maltese enjoy a personal walk with the living Lord Jesus. Pray that their strong religious tradition may serve as a door into not a, as a door into and not a barrier against greater commitments to the kingdom. Okay, so we're able to pray just those two things. Just literally take a minute to pray that they can maintain their Christian identity and that actually it can go from just being a religion, like we are Catholic, to actually just personal revelation of, of Jesus. So just take a minute on your tables to pray, to pray for Malta in that way. Kids, you guys can pray as well. I know you've been doing your research into Malta. Perhaps a couple of you guys. Wonderful. Is that, is that some of... Yeah, great. Some really good facts there. I don't know if a couple of you would just want to pray, just as you are. And I'll join you guys as well. Amen. Amen. Let's bring our prayers to a close. And now we'll share a couple of things um, that we can be praying for ourselves as well. So... A few things jumped out at me and I would encourage you to just turn on your tables and perhaps maybe share the thing that stood out to you most and then we can just kind of pray for each other just again on, on those, those tables. Um, so like I said already, um, the thing about trusting God's promises, no matter how long it seems to have been, um, how precious that thing is to you, um, despite the obstacles Let's pray that we can continue to trust that God will be true to his promise. So that's one thing that may, may stand out to you. You may want to pray. Second thing I said was about protection of how, yeah, we live in perilous times. Um, but for me, one of the things that's clearest the most from the word is that um, God is Lord over heaven and earth. And there's not a, an inch that is outside of his domain. Um, and so let's, be, let's, let's pray that we can really trust God for protection, no matter what our circumstances um, may be. So that's the second thing, and that might be the thing for you that you, you want to take hold of the most. Um, third thing is that God can shine through us, and that actually just on our front lines, in our neighborhoods where we work, that, God, that people can see God's light in us. And no matter what they may have thought of us or thought of Christians or thought of God in the past, that actually the evidence of our lives would bring people to turn to, turn to God. Fourthly, that God can help us grow in hospitality. Um, some of you may be amazing at that already, and that may not be something you really need to pray. I would definitely love to grow in hospitality. 
Um, so that's one of the things that I will be praying for. So that, yeah, again, the blessings can come um, not only into our house, but actually the blessing can overflow. We can be a blessed. We can, we're blessed to be a blessing, essentially. And I think hospitality is a big, big part of that, as we've, we've seen in this chapter. Fifthly, that God, um, as we saw, was able to turn evil or difficult circumstances and bring so much good out of it. And again, anyone on your table may be going through a rough circumstances, maybe in a rough circumstance right now, but can we just really pray on their behalf um, that God would just bring so much good out of, out of those difficult circumstances. So those, there's four or five things there. Obviously, you don't have to pray in every, every single one, but there may just be one thing which you say, man, for me, I would really appreciate prayer for that. And just let's yeah, minister to each other on those tables. And I think when, when it's time to wrap up, water will we'll wrap us up, I think. All right, go for it. Actually.